What's going on, everybody? Special midweek episode of the No Huddle Show. I am Elliot Shore Parks. No Matt Lombardo today, sadly. Um, but we have a special guest for you. We said on the uh, the last pod that we were going to have somebody from Atlanta on the pod this week to talk about the Falcons, kind of give you the perspective from that side, what their fans are feeling, what the Eagles can expect from the Falcons, what the reaction is to that win over the Rams. And we have, in my humble opinion, the best possible person we could have got, John Kincaid, a Philly guy from here, knows the Eagles well, knows the Falcons like the back of his hand. Um, he's on a ton of things. You can hear him nationally on CBS Sports Radio, host of the John Kincaid Show, 680 The Fan in Atlanta, and he co-hosts a podcast with Shaq. And if that doesn't qualify him as a guy to talk about this game, I don't know what will. So we are going to play the interview for it. It was very interesting in my opinion. And honestly, I think Eagles fans, when you listen to this, you are going to come away from it much more confident than you are beforehand. Because people say we're too negative. Wait till you hear John, because he is very confident about this game. But I don't want to give away too much, so we'll play the interview. And once again, this is John Kincaid uh, from Atlanta talking about Eagles-Falcons. All right, so now we're going to bring on John Kincaid, a Philly guy, a Temple guy, I must say, too, as a fellow Temple alum. Happy to have him on. Um, he's down in Atlanta, uh, 680 The Fan, does a podcast with Shaq, so plenty of places you can uh, catch him. Obviously on Twitter, he's one of my favorite Twitter followers, to be honest, because he always comes in my mentions with the hot takes, which I appreciate. Uh, so at John Kincaid. John, thanks for coming on. Good to talk to you, ASP. How you been? Doing good. Well, I'm, we talked about it a little bit before we started. You were dealing with Georgia football, but now it's time to turn to the Falcons and the Eagles. So when we were talking earlier, you said you think that the Eagles are going to win this game. Um, really quickly, before I get into the specifics of the Falcons, what makes you so confident about that? Because I will say down here in Philly, or up here in Philly, I guess, people are uh, not as confident. I would imagine. I would imagine because what I think everybody's doing is they're putting too much emphasis on the Oakland game. And they're trying to figure out that, you know, uh, you know, how could you ever see Nick Foles putting it together? I'm going to tell you this. And I had to go rewatch it again the other night because I'm a dork. And I had to go rewatch that Saints game that Nick Foles played in the playoffs. Now, he was in Chip Kelly's system at the time. But I trust Doug Peterson's offensive system much more than I trust Chip Kelly's. And Nick Foles played a hell of a game that night. And, it, and he got into a rhythm in the second half. And under total pressure when they need him the most, he let he, you know, he walked off that field four and a half minutes to go in the lead. And he's throwing to Riley freaking Cooper. I mean, he, you know, and, and Deshaun Jackson and his sporadic self, a totally different situation than the offense that has been built today uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I feel good about that. What, I, what I'm going to say is confident. I don't want to say I'm confident. Right. But if you tell me to make a pick, if you tell me to make a pick in this game, I'm picking the Eagles and I'm going to pick them in a nail biter because I know that from watching the Atlanta Falcons and the Eagles week in, week out, watching both teams, I know that the Atlanta Falcons are a team that dies of self-inflicted wounds all the time. Don't be fooled by the team you saw Saturday night against the Rams. They played great. I, I swear, Elliot, I, I, don't, I didn't recognize that team in the way that they didn't have unforced errors and things like that like they usually do. I didn't, so, I didn't recognize the team I saw Saturday night. So one of the main concerns I have from an Eagles perspective is that, so you mentioned the 2013 game with Foles, and, I mean, they did lose that game, so I think that's worth pointing out. But Foles they started did. off— yeah, The defense <laughs> lost it. The defense well, lost but Foles it. started off slow in that game, and they fell behind. And so my— my, my concern, if I'm the Eagles, is the fact that if they start off slow again, I don't think 
I think the Falcons – so this is my question for you. I, I, from the outside looking in, I think the Falcons still have a good offense, even though this year they dipped in points. I mean, they averaged, I think, like 33 points last year. So that they, wasn't really sustainable. A dip, when you say 12 points a game, almost less than last year, right. that's more than a dip. No, that's yeah, like no, you're right. You're right. Game. But it's they did just huge, score 26 points. Thing. They did just score 26 points. Well, what I would say is this, is that about it, is that the Falcons, it's weird because the, the, when I look at what Foles came to the playoffs with his first time in Philadelphia, mm. Jay Ajayi and, and uh, to be able to have a, a LeGarrick Blunt and to be able to have actual competent wide receivers and two or three tight ends that he can move the ball against. And by the way, against the Falcons, throwing to your tight end can be a very, very valuable tool. I, I just look at it as Nick Foles, yes, he, he gave us a lot of reasons to doubt him on Christmas night and then against, you know, and a little bit against the Cowboys, which I totally discount. I don't care at all what happened that Sunday. Um, but he has a lot better chance to win this time in the playoffs than he did that time. Yeah, it sounds like you're a little higher on the Eagles skill receive position players than I am. Because, I mean, you mentioned Riley Cooper, but Torrey Smith has struggled with drops this year. They had Deshaun Jackson had- that year. Alshon Jeffrey, to me, Alshon, his biggest issue is he doesn't create separation one-on-one. And the Falcons' cornerbacks, uh, they're a little undersized, it seemed. But, I mean, how do you think they match up with Alshon? Because Alshon, throughout this season, has really struggled creating separation. And that's why I think with Foles, he hasn't had great numbers because Foles won't throw it into tight coverage. That's just not what he does. So um, the Falcons' defense, before we get into a little more with the offense, but how do you think these corners match up with Alshon? Well, I think physically, Alshon Jeffrey. If you're if if you're telling me that Alshon Jeffrey, he's got a, I think he has a good matchup because okay. physically, I think he does match up well. I think he's got a good matchup. Then again, after watching him all year, and not as closely as you do, you know, getting to see him and 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 seeing everybody work together, but just watching them in games, I think it's a good matchup against the uh, against the Falcons. I uh, just because I, I I really I think it's a physical solid matchup for him where he's going to be able to maybe not make dynamic plays, but be able to help move the chains. And, 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 you know, there's little sideline passes, which hopefully we'll be able to just have him tiptoeing out of bounds and being able to keep the chains moving. Because honestly, if you're the Falcons, that defense is one that Tack McKinley to me is the player to watch. He is the one who is most impactful in opposing quarterbacks. He's the rookie, but he has been far more impactful this year than we've seen out of Vic Beasley, who had 15 and a half sacks last year. But what that was a product was, is the Falcons offense was scoring pretty much 12 points a game more last year. So they had a lot of garbage time. They had a lot of two and three score leads where you tee off on the opposing offense because you know they're going to be passing all the time. This year, the Falcons found themselves in tighter games. So those statistics have come down. Elliot, this is a much better Falcons defense coming to town than well, the one that came to the link last year. Much better. Yeah, and but that's, that's what I was going to ask. So, because I mean, I think better. it's over the last seven games, they're only giving up an average of 16 points. Um, what's kind of changed? Has it just been the opponents? I mean, because they've played good teams. They played the Saints twice, the Rams, who have a good offense. What's kind of been the difference with this Falcons defense over the last seven games? Or really, I guess, if, if you're saying better than last year, this season in general? Well, think about it this way. They went from just, just for the whole season and the entire body of work, they went from 28th in, in, in scoring defense to 8th. And to me, that is incredible. I think that they got used to Marquand Manuel, the, who, who really was allowed to function as the defensive coordinator this year. Richard Smith, the defense coordinator of the Falcons last year, 
he was the, the most anonymous coordinator who's ever come through this town because I think he was just doing Dan Quinn's bidding for him. Whereas Marquand Manuel is more of a coach bro guy, and that's how we sort of jokingly refer to Dan Quinn here. It's all bumper stickers. It's all slogans. Uh, you know, he tries to be one of the guys. Um, I think that Marquand Manuel speaks his language better, and he's had the opportunity to work with those guys, and they've gotten better. Second half of the year, they've been distinctly better, but they're not impactful. And that's, again, the Eagles' defense to me is far more impactful. They, 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 they tip balls. They intercept balls. They, they do things that the Falcons' defense just doesn't do good enough. And the fact is the Falcons are an under, you know, in the turnover margin are an under for an entire season and even including through to the playoffs here. And to me, that's, I mean, that, that to me is a, is a defense that absolutely fits if you're thinking about Nick Foles trying to come in here and just manage a game, make sure things work well. I think that works well in the Eagles' favor. How about the Falcons' run defense? I mean, they haven't given up a lot of big plays in the run game this year. Ninth against the run for the year. Jay Ajayi, you saw earlier this year, I think he had the best game of the year against the Falcons anyone's had on the ground, 130 yards. He hasn't touched the ball a ton here. I personally think they're concerned with his knees as a long-term uh, as a long-term issue. But on Saturday, maybe that won't matter. Um, how is the Falcons' run defense, and how do you think the Eagles match up with them? I watched Jay Ajayi break tackle after tackle against the against the uh, Falcons. He didn't go down at the first point of contact. And for those of you who want to go back and look at it, go back and look at the highlights of that game. When he reached first level of content on that fa- on contact in that Falcons defense, he broke it every single time. He dragged defenders two, three yards extra. And that was playing with the Dolphins. I got to tell you, I really do believe that the Falcons defense is going to have a problem. Again, they, they just, they're a good defense. They are real, what they've gotten really good at. And you asked me that before and I, I didn't dodge. I just didn't get to it is the idea of they are making you go. They're very good now at making teams go eight, 10, 12 play drives to put points on the board. They've gotten better at that. And that's where their greatest level of improvement is from last year. And what they've also done, Elliot, is not letting people score as quickly. That's also limited the other team's offensive possessions, which has also managed to keep the defense fresher this year. The defense seems fresher this year to me. They, 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 just, they just seem like they're playing less minutes, like they're more fresh. And so I think that's a big, uh, a big positive. I am very high on the Falcons' defense and their future and the way that they've improved a bit. But I just I, I don't see them as I don't think any Falcon fan should be like shaking in their boots knowing that the Falcons defense is there because I do not believe they can shut down the Eagles offense, but I do think they can make it where, hey, if Nick Foles can move it down the field and they can get it takes 12 plays to score. Well, we'll take that. We'll take that. See, We're going to see if he can execute all those plays without making mistakes. Well, see, and that's my thing. And that's what I was thinking when you were when you were saying that was. The Eagles offense, I agree. The Dallas game, I think there were still some concerning signs just with his accuracy. But in general, there wasn't. they weren't game planning. So I can see why you would just kind of sure. throw that out. But the Oakland game, oh, and honestly, even the Giants game, I know he had four touchdowns. But accuracy has been a huge issue for him. And I think some of his decision-making has been bad. So if you think the Falcons are, you know, you said that you're going to make them go 11, 12 plays. I'm not so sure. I mean, when Foles has done good in his career, it's been when he's not throwing the ball a ton. And if you think J.H.I. is going to be successful on the ground, that will be huge for the Eagles. I agree. But- oh, yes. Well, if, if that, that'll be the thing. Every single person listening to your podcast, 
should go and watch the longer form highlights like YouTube-ish of that game. And it'll make you sleep better because the Falcons could not handle a Jai. They can't handle, and I, I'm telling you this, I don't think they're handling LeGarrette Blunt that well. And if they start selling out to do that, the key is going to be Foles hitting those tight ends. And the, the, it, look, make it as easy a pass. I heard it about the freshman quarterbacks last night in the national championship game. Well, they give, you know, give them easy throws. Give them throws to build their confidence. I would have a lot built up there because the Falcons are going to sell out to stop that Eagles run game to try to force Foles to throw. And I think there's going to be plays to be made by the tight ends. And, and I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very confident that from watching the Falcons all year, I mean, this is a team that made Tyrod Taylor look really, really good. This is a team that made, uh, you know, that, that playing the Miami Dolphins, they made Jay Cutler look like he was Aaron Rodgers. And I know those were games in the middle of the season. And, but believe me, at, at four and four, this town was ready to jump off the bandwagon. And they haven't been that great. Otherwise, down the stretch, they've just been better. And I don't consider them, I don't consider them a team that is, um, if you would say, fine-tuned. And again, they don't cause turnovers. They're not a turnover machine causing defense. So that also, you know, the accuracy thing, accuracy thing absolutely is a concern. But they're not a team that's going to put up a three defensive turnover game. The Eagles defense can do that. And so to, Matt Ryan has already shown that he can, he, can, he can produce those games too. To me, a key to the game is who gets out on out to an early lead. The Falcons jumped up 13-0 on the Rams. I really think that changed it because it allowed them to run the ball. I think the Rams got scared a little bit. And Foles does have playoff experience. So, I mean, obviously you would rather have Wentz. But for what it's worth, Foles does have playoff experience where Wentz does not. Um, Have the Falcons been a fast-starting team this year? In general, or was was that unlike? Uh, is that was that abnormal for them to jump out like that? No, they 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 they, they, they putter around. This mm-hmm. team putters around. Steve Sarkeesian versus Schwartz to me is such a mismatch. It's such a mismatch, and it's another one of the reasons on my checklist of why I look at this game and go, boy, I like this matchup because Steve Sarkeesian has managed to take he he took an Audi A8 and he has turned it into a Hyundai Sonata. It's very serviceable. The offense can still put up 22 points a game. They can find a way to win some games because their defense has improved, but there's nothing dynamic about it. He, he's turned a sports car into a minivan, and that is, that's how I would describe it. And I can tell you there's no, um, there's no flow to what the Falcons do, there, and there's no rhyme or reason to what they do. And another reason why I like it is Dan Quinn is the worst game manager from a head coaching position that I've seen in the NFL. He is a spectacular coach at building a roster. He's a spectacular coach at having his team prepared to play. When you're talking about the clock is running, Dan Quinn is horrendous. He will use a timeout when he shouldn't. He gave the Rams a field goal before the half the other night, the first half, because of the fact that he called an ill-advised timeout that gave the Rams 17, 18 extra seconds, which led to them scoring. He miss. He doesn't know how to manage the clock. He is Andy Reid would chuckle at his <laughs> clock management. Is all I'm going to tell you. Is is it's another thing. And I watched Doug Peterson last year and killed him for it. But I thought he was horrendous on game day. And I think him and his staff had been fantastic 
for the most part with clock management this year. And it's another slight edge I give the Eagles. And I think that that's the key. If it's going to be a really, really tight game, I also want the coaching staff that has the matchup, Schwartz versus Sarkeesian, I'll take it all day long. And also, too, that, that their coaching staff, Doug Peterson and his team, seem to be more stable at understanding what needs to be done, use of timeouts, clock management, and things like that. So my, one of my concerns, though, is I'm not just to focus on the quarterback position, but I think you saw against sure. against the Falcons and the Rams, I mean, Matt Ryan made that big throw to Julio late in the game. And I just think at the end of the day, Foles is going to have to make four or five throws. He's just going to have to. Now, maybe if the Falcons defense, I mean, you're convincing me that this is a good matchup. But my question is, even with the 12-point drop-off, how much of that has been the offensive coordinator? And how much of that is Matt Ryan? Because I'm a big believer in the playoffs. That's when elite quarterbacks win. And more times than not, if you have the better quarterback, you're going to win that game. So, I mean, sure. I think we would both agree Matt Ryan is, you know, a far superior oh, by, quarterback. By far. Right. And, so, and, and he is. But, but, it's, but Matt Ryan takes some of the blame for this. Okay. You talk about that Nick Foles doesn't want to throw things into tight, tight, uh, you know, tight spots. Matt Ryan avoids it like the plague. Mm-hmm. You're talking about... 80, I, I believe Julio Jones was 88th in targets in the red zone. That's, that's medical. That's malpractice. That's coaching malpractice. If you're talking about it, um, Matt Ryan doesn't want to throw balls into tight spots. He, he would avo- he wants to avoid that at all costs. He's very skittish on turnovers because he was blasted for it for so much of his career. And last year during his MVP season, which by the way, Love Matt. He's awesome. He's a great guy. We have a good relationship. But I can tell you, there's 10 years of his career, 10 regular seasons, and one year is the anomaly, and it was his MVP season. Yeah, so Matt to be Ryan honest, I'm not, I'm not big on Matt Ryan either. I, I kind of agree with you on that. And he has struggled I in the road. A very, I think he's a very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just think that last year he was a very good quarterback that had a great season. And I don't like... I, I can tell you that the the idea of I would be I would be really impressed if I, I will tell you this point blank if Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense play a clean game they play a clean game it's going to be hard for the Eagles to win I think it's going to be hard for the Eagles to win but I have no reason to believe that they're going to play a clean game no reason at all to believe that they're going to play a clean game so a big not big from what reason, I see the Eagles defense this year a big reason Eagles fans are worried, I would say, is the fact that the Falcons just went into L.A. and won. They have a ton of playoff experience over. But Matt Ryan has struggled in Philadelphia. I think he's one and three at the link. Um, I don't know if he's just worried about coming back home or what that is. But, I mean, how do you think – I mean, how do you see that kind of lining up? Like, do you think that's a big enough advantage where this game will be close? Or how do you think the Falcons are prepared to kind of handle the stage of just winning that game against the Rams and then coming into Philadelphia? Well, there's one, one thing I haven't seen out of this Falcons team is consistency. I have not seen it. So it's another thing where they want them going out and playing a great game in LA. Honestly, it's sort of the signal to me that I can expect the drop off this week because that's what they've done. And that's the team that they are. They don't have a level of consistency in their performance. They don't have anything where you just say, okay, I've, I've, I've learned what to expect of the Atlanta Falcons. They just don't, they don't have that level. Um, so when I see a team that goes out and plays a really great game last Saturday night, you know, they have the, the West coast trip and then they got to come back here and they got to prepare Then they got to go up to Philadelphia and get situated there. Even though the elements aren't going to be a part of things. I don't think Matt Ryan gets spooked going back home, but I do know is that there are 
it, it, if the Falcons get things rolling, and I'm not talking about Julio Jones. I, I've read that in some of the Philly press about how Julio Jones, you know, really has had good games against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones, if, if last year was a perfect scenario, let him have his 90 yards. Let him have 100 yards. If they're between the 20s, I don't give a flip. I mean, I honestly don't. If he's not being impactful in the red zone, uh, and if Jalen Mills can get some assistance, because I know I can tell you point blank, the Falcons are going to see, oh, is there any way we can get Jalen Mills in a matchup with Julio Jones, and that will be dominant. And they will, and, and Julio could go for 200. But the thing is with Julio Jones, he could go for 140 and they could lose. And it, it's just, he, he, you can keep him from being impactful. You can keep him from being the reason that you lose. And I think the Eagles defense will be smart enough and will come up with a plan to be able to do that. So I'd imagine your opinions on this game aren't very popular down in Atlanta because it seems like you're pretty. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well, I'd I mean, imagine. Look, I, is, yeah, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm not guaranteeing, like, I'm not guaranteeing a victory. I'm picking the Eagles. Uh, I'm not guaranteeing a victory, and I'm not mocking the Falcons' chances at all. But what I love to try to do at any time is to have a conversation that is intellectually honest and with the audience. And even if it's something that's uncomfortable, and I'll say, look, I say to them all week long, I've got Eagles facts for you and I've got Falcons facts. And I will say, if you've got an issue with me, you're going to call me the Eagles homer or anything like that. Um, you got to, you know, on the, to my, in my listening audience, then tell me where my facts are wrong. Because you see, there's a lot of cockiness going on right now. There's a lot of feeling. Falcon fans have penciled the Falcons into the NFC title game. And I don't think that that affects a team. I don't think a team cares about that. But if there's any just level of the level of arrogance heading into this matchup from the Atlanta fan base is crazy. But I think part of it is the Philly fan base. Part of it is, I, I, I mean, that's the, Christmas night. I don't know about it, but Gruden said at one time that he goes, this is the quietest I've ever heard this place. That's a joke. I mean, that's an absolute joke. Uh, everybody get over it. You know, get your blankie and get your little binky and stick it in your mouth and rock back and forth and say, boy, we wish we had Carson Wentz. You're the number one seed. You got a home game against a very beatable team on Saturday. And it's time to get, you know, put, put it aside. Whether you believe in Nick Foles or not, believe in the Eagles and believe in the advantages they've got. And by the way, the, Fal- the Eagles defense is going to terrorize that Falcons offensive line. They're going to terrorize it because it's much shakier than last year. They're going to terrorize it. So, so Steve, pretend it's the Buddy Ryan days when Randall Cunningham would be asked to make three and four plays a game, and that was going to be your chance to win because the defense was going to keep it close. That's exactly the kind of playoff game I expect on Saturday, and I actually believe they can come up with enough. They have enough offensive playmakers. They can come up with enough plays to win. Well, Falcon fans might not be happy with your opinion on this, but I know you no, fans will after they <laughs> after they listen because I'm hey, I'm I'm flying up Saturday too. I, I you know I planned oh, nice. on waiting to the NFC title game, but my wife said there may not be an NFC title game, and I said stop the negativity. But I'm flying up Saturday morning. I'm gonna be in that building, and I bought a ticket. I'm not even gonna you know sit up there with you in the blue blood. I'm gonna sit <laughs> in the stands and just try to enjoy enjoy the event as a fan. So I'm really looking forward to that. All right, well, if they win, we might have to have you on again, even if it's not, obviously won't be against the Falcons, oh, right. but we really, I really wow. do appreciate you coming on. And uh, like I said, everyone, I, you are one of my favorite followers on Twitter and he, he, you will go back and forth with people. So uh, definitely give oh, John a follow. Yeah. 
Yeah, so definitely give thanks, John a follow on Twitter. I'll put all your information in the uh, podcast post. And thanks again for coming on. I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, so that was John Kincaid. And once again, thank you to John for joining us. Um, we'll put, I'll tweet out his information uh, so you can follow him. And, and you, you really should follow him. He's a good follow. But he swayed my opinion a little bit. I was on defense. I know in the last pod we did, I said I was leaning Falcons. The fact that he said that they struggle with consistency, to me, is really what might make what what might sway me. I still think that X's and O's wise that Falcons have a lot of advantages on third down. I think they have more playmakers on offense, but sometimes we view the Eagles. I'm there every day. I see all the little small warts, whereas nationally, you know, it's hard for me to really know the ins and outs of the Falcons and, or at least, you know, from a day-to-day perspective and hearing John say they struggle with consistency really, really is an advantage to the Eagles in my opinion, because the Eagles have been off for a few weeks. They're going to be ready to go for this game. Um, and maybe the Falcons just simply won't be. So, like I said, if you're an Eagles fan, you listen to that. I think you're probably feeling a lot better. Maybe I'll sway. But, uh, if Matt was here, he would say, all right, put another asterisk next to Elliott's pick. And I think you should because I'm kind of leaning Eagles now. But we are going to have a preview pod for you with my semi-official prediction later in the week. Um, Eagles play on Saturday, so we're going to give you that pod on Thursday instead of Friday. Give it two days to uh, – for you to listen and obviously re-listen tons of times as I know you all do. Um, so we look forward to that. Thanks again to John. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review for us. Uh, we love those five-star reviews or really just any reviews. Sometimes the mean ones are fun to listen to, to read too, but please do that in your podcast uh, app and all that. And we will talk to you guys on uh, Friday or Thursday, Thursday, talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>